Getting to be that time of year where I start thinking about seal again. <laughs> Why on earth? Why? It's summertime, man. It's a seal, you know. That's what last year around this time was when I was, uh, you know, singing "Kiss from a Rose" a lot on the podcast. So. I think about seal in the wintertime. You do? Why? Yeah, seal's a wintertime nah, musician. Man. He's because, not summertime. Nope, because uh, Batman. <laughs> Batman Forever came out in the summer, and that's what Kiss from a Rose was on. And so I associate. You know that. You you know that um. It was uh, what's his name? What's the director? Tim Burton wanted to cast uh. Shit, uh, like Lawrence Fishburne and Marlon Wayans as Batman and Robin, but uh, Jay Schumacher, the director of Batman and Robin, recast him. Really? So. Wait, so he was, so Tim Burton, if he was going to do a third one, was going to, because I guess Michael Keaton didn't want to come back. Um, yeah, he was going to make Batman and Robin black. I didn't know that. I just saw that this week. I just saw, I mean, like, of course it was the internet. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe it was wrong. But, yeah. but I mean, I saw it on the internet, so it's real. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I didn't mean for this to turn into Batman talk, but we can talk about it some more too. What I, I, is the what will you rank all your Batman movies? Oh my god, all of them? Well, <sighs> not the Adam West. I mean, Adam West doesn't count. Any animated doesn't count. Just the live action modern era Batman movies, starting with Batman. Uh, well, you want me to put them in order? Like from top to bottom. Uh, generally, what are the best ones for to you? Uh, Dark Knight. You never even saw Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Returns, or what? What's the second one? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. That one is probably the actual best of all of it. If we're talking about from an artistic standpoint, I think it's probably the best comic book movie of all time. One of them, at least. Um, okay. But- Did you ever see Elektra? No, I didn't. But that's with the caveat of me not having seen Elektra. Um, but uh, I mean, I like I like I said, I think that second Tim Burton movie might be better than the original Batman. I really do. That, with the penguin in it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so delightfully comic book, chewing up the scenery, blah blah blah. I mean, the original Batman holds a place in my heart because that was a phenomenon. Like I, you know. I was in middle school when it came out and everybody had Batman keychains and Batman t-shirts and everything was huge. 
And so that movie and Jack Nicholson's performance is iconic in it. But that second Batman Returns, um, is that the second one? Batman Returns? Yeah, I think that's I think Batman Returns. I, that's I get the, second the titles one. mixed up on all this, but it has such a cool style to it and vision. And it's so the Penguin is such a ridiculous villain, but they make it work. Um, that movie is is underrated at least. Uh, I think it's really good. But uh, I uh, I would hold those three as the best: The Dark Knight, um, Batman, and Batman Returns. And then I guess. What's the first Christopher Nolan Batman? Dark Knight Rises? Um, no, it's Batman Begins. Batman Begins. I guess that would be the next best one, but I didn't really love that movie. I did like Killian Murphy in it. Cillian Murphy, whatever his name is. Um, and then yeah, I would no. say Batman Forever is okay. It's not the worst thing in the world. Awesome soundtrack. I think Val Kilmer did a fine job as Batman. Um and then Batman and Robin is atrocious. One of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, just so, absolute trash. Um, just shockingly bad. But that's just my well, opinion on him. I, I, fair enough. And well, I haven't welcome, seen Dark Thanks for Rises, tuning in so. to Batman Talk. Yeah, man. It's all right. I know something we can do that doesn't involve a lot of talking. <laughs> That's a great quote from the OC there. I had that one written down too. Because you think it, you think knowing it's Ryan, you think it's gonna be about sex. You think they're gonna be not. fucking, but no. They play they play It's not just a dance. It's not just a dance. It's the snow sea. They playing uh <laughs> they playing Dynasty Warriors together. Um they play Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about seals. I was just thinking about and we're never gonna survive unless we get a little crazy. I still stand by. I mean, Kiss from a Rose is a guilty pleasure, but that first Seal album is fucking dope. It's really good. It is really good. It's a great chill out album. Um, look, I'm pulling up my Spotify. I'm going to put it on. Listen to Violet. I, you know, I leave here. I'm going to work. Listen. Make sure you listen to Violet because I think that might be his best song. It's like a super tripped out like. It's a great that, that whole album's kind of it's Trevor Horn produced it, the great Trevor Horn. You talking about the second album, self-titled Seal? It's Seal. It's a it's a black and white cover, I think. The the first two albums are both black and white covers. It's the Violet. Album. Okay, that's the first album. The very first album. It's okay. called Seal, and it's got him standing as the A yep. in the Seal, which is how how great is that? The crazy thing is the second album is called Seal too. Well, yeah, I think that all his albums are called Seal, or the first four I think are called Seal because the Seal there is a Seal it's Seal four. Seal Human Being Four. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't wait to get into this live in Paris. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna get in there. I'll get in there. Dude, I'm in there. To, listen to make sure you listen to Violet. It's like the last track on there. It's like an eight minute long, kind of chill out, trippy sort of thing. But yeah. I ride. Oh, I ride for that. Yeah, I'll be sure to microdose first. I have, I, have the, I have that album on vinyl. I think I know. I have a bunch of the singles from it on vinyl. What's your shirt say? Augusta. It's got the area code for Augusta, Georgia. That's you know right. where I where I. I mean, I grew up in North Augusta, but repping Augusta. My buddy uh, Jason Craig made cool. this. He's a graphic designer out of Augusta. He's cool dude. Has some cool designs. Yeah. 
What's up? Well, why don't you welcome us to the episode? Uh, welcome to episode 171 of I Don't Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we answer the question, what's the hype? I'm j and with me is Groove. Uh, oh. <laughs> it never gets old. We're still doing still doing home improvement jokes. It's still still doing home improvement jokes. <laughs> somebody look, man, somebody said, who was it that said I wanted to oh, it was your friends that said they wanted to go back and listen to the old stuff to yeah. get the context to the new yeah. stuff. <laughs> so uh, asinine. There is no context. It's it is what we talked about this week on offline. And then we bring it <laughs> online and then none of you understand any of it. So there you go. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Two middle aged white. Never gonna survive. Get a little crazy. I used to play Wing Commander and listen to that album. <laughs> I'd be flying through space listening to down to down to down to down Tell me you lost your virginity at 30 without telling me you lost your virginity at 30. <laughs> Man, shut up. I used to listen to Siamese Dream when I played it too. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, well, you got any housekeeping? I mean, I feel like we had a lot of updates this week. I mean, I can't, I can't help but tell you. I think Asapku's still listening. Lopo's still listening. Now Andros is listening. I don't even know what to think about that. Yeah, is it is Andros listening? I mean, I know he inquired as to what the he he couldn't find it or something, but I guess. I think now that he knows it's on Spotify, he he said, "Oh, fifty-five episodes to catch up on." It's like, yeah, oh my okay. god, well, that's embarrassing. I tell you this, I went out, to, I went out and hung out with Bill Ambler. Oh, how'd that go? Yeah, I remember that was. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Was, I, don't even, I, I just don't... didn't bring it up last week. He had a uh, he had uh, some gifts for me. Yeah, from like Christmas and my nice. birthday. Yeah, dude, he gave me a Rocky Four action figure. Are you serious? That's that's oh, old Sly Stallone's mountain climbing outfit. Yeah, his boots and his big with jeans and his, his that yeah. jacket with the fur. Yeah, yeah it's got like the uh, lamb's yeah. wool inside it or whatever. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's that's awesome. I'm looking at it now. I'm not going to show it to you. I'm, I don't even I'm know what Bill looks that. like. I don't even know what Bill looks like. I've never seen a picture. Don't of worry him. about it. <laughs> well, I'm thinking maybe you made him up. You got a burner phone and you'd be texting me from that. <laughs> You know, I hung out with Bill. Yeah. He, uh, hey, man, both. you just missed Bill. He was here just a few minutes ago, but you just missed him. He was, uh, yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I, 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 don't have the, I don't have the knowledge of cinema <laughs> to, to drop those texts. Yeah, you're not able to. Yeah, that's true. That's how we know it's true. This motherfucker talking about still watching that 14-hour movie, talking about I ain't got time for TV. <laughs> He's like, I, 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 I read books and I watch movies. I don't have time for TV. I'm like, motherfucker, you're watching a 14-hour movie. Yeah. What do you mean you can't watch fucking 27 episodes, a 44-minute episode length, uh, the OC? Yeah. Like, come Why on, give me, a, give me a Why break. What's, 40, what's, what's, what's 27 episodes of 44 minutes? Can't be as much as that movie. Yeah, I, that's mind-blowing. I, I don't know if, if you're like me, but as I get older, I'd be checking the movie time, and I'm like, this movie's fucking three hours long. Come on, can we hurry up this? I mean, even if it's a movie I like, 
I'd be like, come it's on, crazy. man. How about uh, I, every movie should be an hour and a half long? That's it. It's crazy. I used to be like, no, give me three hours. Give yeah. me three hours. Give now me three. I'm I want like, all, as long a movie. Now, like, what? If you can't tell me this story, like, get out. Yeah. Now I'll be like, man, this thing's been going. Uh, we've only been watching this a half an hour. Oh, there's two hours <laughs> left of this. What? What was his name? What, what? Two hours? That's just too long for a movie. And then I'm, Jackie's like, will you please be quiet? I'm trying to pay attention to the movie. And I'm, like, I'm just saying, it's two like, hours is a long time. I'm trying to hours. see if Kung Lao's going to be teaching <laughs> yeah, Luke Cage yeah. or not. Yeah, that's right. Luke Cage. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Luke Cage. Over I'll watch that movie. Um, so we're going to say that. <laughs> no. I, I think we should say Sepku's number one fan this week because I feel like he's been leading the charge as far as like the references. And slyly letting us know that he's, uh, you know, been listening. It might be campaigning for it, but I feel like he's not. I mean, I'm scared to say anything at all. I just, I'm curious how somebody gave us a four star review. It could be number one fan. Oh, you're right. No, no, nope. Runner up then. Runner up. <laughs> Runner up to number one fan. You're right about that. What kind of motherfucker gives their friends' podcasts a four out of five stars? The worst star rating. <laughs> I wish he'd have given us a one. Man, you made me spit out my coffee. <laughs> Four. I'm still mad. I'm glad you brought that up. Fuck Sefki. Four stars. Get out of here. <laughs> he was like, hey, man. If, if you, people change. He'd be, I'd be like, hey, Sefki, man. If somebody doesn't rate our, our podcast five stars, Dave and I are going to die today. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, man. I just can't give out more than four stars to something that I don't don't believe in. I just can't. Really? You couldn't give us five stars to save our life? Yeah, man, I'm saving, saving the fifth star for Jesus, man. That's for when I get to heaven. I, I rate heaven five stars. Everything else, no, four or below. Look, I, look I want, I'm curious if maybe he would change his mind now. Uh, as he's softened a little bit over the years, I mean, he's a father now. He's a, he's had decades of experience in corporate America, rubbing him into a nub of a human. He's not nearly as idealistic or naive as he used to be. You know, back when he gave us four stars, he thought that a star rating really was a reflection of his own identity. Right. And now I think he he recognizes the true meaninglessness of it all. Yeah. And would be a little bit more laissez-faire with his star ratings. And maybe he would give us five. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, now he you know, realizes how worthless his opinion is in general in the overall scheme of things. So, there we go. Well, Which is why, and we're representing to him that we certainly don't care because, you know, seven years yeah. later, we're not still thinking <laughs> about it. Still, yeah, man. It's like there's been like several people that have wronged me in my life and then that four-star review. And that's what I hold on to, like, you know. The, it's poisoning me slowly over over the years, but I I refuse to give up. Absolutely, I, I think up. you know, and I think that's appropriate, and I think yeah. it's scaled correctly. Mm-hmm. It is, it's you right. know, yeah. Um, yeah. There's about five people I just you know they really stab me in the back, and I <laughs> yeah. have a hard time letting it go. And then there's also <laughs> this four star review from, from Seth Seth K, someone who I enjoy <laughs> playing video games with. Yeah, that's uh. You know. Well, congratulations, Subku, for almost getting number one fan. Uh, you joined the ranks of Mikey and Grizzles, uh, you know. Being so close, but yet so far away. So close, yet so far. Happy runners up. 
Um, yeah. It's runners up day on IOL too. Uh, so we have more runners up than we do fans. Three runners week. up. Three runners up. Shout out Grizzle. Shout out Mikey. Um, yeah. All right. Well, what's your hype? Um, you know what my hype is? Is what? is Clave's artwork? I'm going to give a plug to Clave again because I was. Yeah, man. I this is a couple weeks old now, but I it's still it went through my mind just the other day. Everybody's out here doing on Mother's Day doing the I'm going to post a picture of my mom yeah. on on Instagram and you know that doesn't take a lot of effort you know and and I you know how many moms are on Instagram and yeah it's like if you didn't you know wish what your Clay mom did? yeah he drew, Clay drew his yeah. mom a cartoon a, a comic yeah and I thought that was super cool yeah it was like a tribute to her being a great mom and like yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, exactly. I was, I'm, I was, I was gonna go pull it up, but I mean, look, just at the end of the day, if you want to check out some, you know, <laughs> some some good art, cartoon. I mean, he's got such a distinct style. You yeah, know what he, I mean? He's a uh, he's killer. C a v e four e on Instagram. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it's the same on on uh, Twitter. But yeah. uh, you got a little story about Clave and 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 artwork to actually build on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I just want to say, Clave, shout outs to you for what you did for your mom for Mother's Day. Yeah, that was um, awesome. That was cool. Yeah, it's at once again, it's at Clave four e, the number four and then e at the end. Um, and that's what he is on everything. Um, so I have uh, I've forgotten. Totally forgotten somehow that you know friends of the show, the Oatmeal Conspiracy, who do our uh, our intro music, um, that they they had gotten Clave to do a bunch of their flyers early on in their existence as a band, and so there's all these Clave flyers. I mean, I did a bunch of flyers for those too, the Oatmeal Conspiracy as well. And then I was like Mitchell Mitchell from the Oatmeal Conspiracy showed me his. He's got a tattoo of Clave's. Clave drew this like evil Quaker oatmeal man on and and. Uh, Mitchell got that tattooed on his arm and I was like, dude, have you showed Clave that? And he's like, you know what? I never have. And so I got to like get Mitchell to do that and show Clave and Clave was like super like, oh my God, somebody got my artwork tattooed. And then he was saying, oh man, I wish I had those flyer artworks. And I was like, here you go. Cause I found them on the, they're on the Oatmeal Conspiracies Facebook page. And some of that stuff is just so awesome. And it's like the raw early days of Clave stuff. So it's all black and white and it's like, pen and ink drawing but it's it's you you can see his progress i mean he's always been talented but you can see his progression over the years and uh that dude's just really talented like i would like to see him publish his his work at some point in time in some some i'm sure he's got plans to do that in some way but like that would be really cool to i'd buy a collected edition of clave's comics i don't know i'm i'm gonna buy a fucking collected a collection of of songs that he's written about us <laughs> speaking of intro songs and mitchell was like dude who did that intro song that's not us it's awesome and i was like that's clave he's like holy shit that's awesome you know so so good um mitchell shout out to mitchell who's uh son yeah. at, mitchell's son is starting a podcast and i told mitchell i said he can't use any milk conspiracy music in his podcast we got the exclusive rights to that so tell him sorry can't Make your own music, kid. Yeah, that's right, man. That's a good lesson. Or call Clave. Get him to make you an intro. What's, what's, what's Mitchell's son's podcast about? Uh, I don't really know yet. He's just, I, 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 he had told me the name of it, but I'm not really sure what it is. 
He's still working on it, I think. Okay. But they had listened to uh, the oh. Mortal Kombat episode together um, as father and son. And, uh, yeah, they said it was all right. <laughs> you know. No, I'm just kidding. They really <laughs> they like my said, parts. Yeah. Well, it's good that I guess I'm, I guess I'm a little bit, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit upset Mitchell had given up on us. You know what I'm saying? Because in the audio levels, like he couldn't push through the the cosmetics yeah, of it was, to get yeah. to the content of it. So you know, I mean, Mitchell, uh, you know, if you if you listen, I'm gonna come find you in that tree parking lot this December, and I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> fight him at the, at the at the Christmas tree lot. That's very yeah. fest, that's festive. Um, yeah, it's on brand. Yeah, for the for holiday. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yep. What's your hype? My hype is uh. Well, now I'm vaccinated and I got the two week period after the vaccination. So I'm starting to slowly make my way back into the world and, um, went, been going to brunch here. Went to brunch today with my buddy Cavi. Uh, we, we famously had a crew called the brunch bunch in Wilmington and it was like up to 10 people at a time would go with us to brunch. And it was just a, it was like our, it was like our church on Sunday was going to brunch and we go to different places and sometimes it was four people and sometimes it was 10 people and uh it was just really fun and then of course the pandemic just shit all over that you know and so we're not ready to have the whole group together again cuz things are still kind of like it's kind of weird and like being around that many people but I was I've been going to brunch with Cavi a little bit and we went to one of his favorite places which you can only go to if you have only a couple people cuz it's a very tiny hole in the wall spot but it's this uh place called the goody goody omelet house in town and it's like an old school diner vibe and they make these fluffy omelets that are as big as your damn you know head and huge and delicious you know if a place is called goody goody omelet house it's either the secret best place in town or it's like nah we don't go to goody goody omelet house no it's not (laughs) you know there's no in between with that it's either like the sketchy place you don't go to or it is the sketchy place you do go to um, but it's like, it's like a greasy spoon. It's like, they don't have, they don't take card. They got an ATM in the bathroom and you got to get the money uh-huh. out of the ATM in the bathroom and, uh, you know, make sure you bring cash with you. Uh, you got to just stand up. There's nobody seating you. You just stand in line till there's a space. And, uh, yeah, so we went there and, and hit that up. And so that was, it was just nice to go do that. So. And the uh, brunch punch was happening when it was at its peak. Was it a group text or was it word of mouth? Facebook message. Facebook group. Really? Messenger group. Yeah. Are yeah. these are these people that you know in real life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of service industry friends of mine that like Sunday's the day that they could get off to go do this. And like, you know, people that were like, oh, well, I worked late last night, but I'm going to get up and go to brunch. And, um, you know, it's in, in Jackie's friend. It's some of both Jackie and I's friends, and there's some overlap, but there's also some people just see each other at brunch, and that's it. And um, what what what'd you get? I I got a ham and cheese omelet, classic ham and cheese omelet with the cheddar cheese in it, and a side of grits and toast. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. They make these they they make these whipped omelets that are super light, like they're real fluffy, you know. It's a way yeah. that I can't I can't make an omelet like that to save my life. Like I have I have no idea what the magic is of it, but 
you know. I mean, I haven't been making omelets in, in a long time. I used to be making omelets all the time, but I don't eat cheese with breakfast. I ain't against cheese. I just haven't, you know, I just yeah. haven't done it. No, I, I got you. My breakfast is is the same every day, uh-huh. but different every two years. Okay. So you like, you roll with it for a while and then you retire it and you move on to another uh, staple. Well, what's crazy, not crazy, but what's a little bit different is I'll take one ingredient out and I'll add a different ingredient. Okay. And so it's always on, it's like a lazy river. Yeah. And it's never, it's never a big, harsh, noticeable change. It's just gradual change over time. It looks the same every day. Well, if you take the cheese out of the omelet, you just got eggs. So, you know. Exactly. So I've been frying eggs lately. That's fine. I like a fried egg. Love a fried egg. How do you like, do you like a over, over hard or over easy or what? I have 140 grams of rice. Yeah. And sunny side up on top and I break the yolks and let them soak into the rice. See, I was like I was super into like just over hard for a long time cuz I didn't like runny yolks, but then I got used to them over time and now I'm I'm like a over medium. I don't want it to be like I don't want the white part to be slimy, but I like yeah. getting that I like I love putting it on a piece of toast and just letting it run off the edges of the toast, you know, and then you sop it up with the toast. Yeah. So good. Look, man, you ain't gonna, you ain't, well, I'll sit here and have breakfast talk for the next two hours. I'm oh, man. That's about the, the rest of the episode. This podcast, you know. Well, we can, we can move on. What's your not the hype? <clears throat> I mean, look, I, I think I forgot. Uh, yeah, I ain't got shit. You don't have anything? Well, I, so I don't know if I brought this up before, but my not the hype is our homeowners association where I live. Oh, wonderful. They I didn't su- even know you had one. They suck, man. They literally sit outside our house with binoculars. Like, I'll catch them out there. You know, I just, like, roll the window up. I'm shirtless, you know. Just, like, I'm just flicking them off and shit. And they, they know. They just sit there. like the, It's like the FBI is tracking us or something, you know. They're staking out our house to see if we make a mistake. And uh, they they find us for, I left the hose on the, the, uh, the garden hose on the driveway for a day one time find um no. i w- my car has a slow leak in the tire so about every five days it's flat right well since i yeah. i don't drive the car very much anymore it's flat a lot of times but i do try to keep air in it and it's been like this for like two years and they find me two weeks ago sent me you know they were like you have to fix this in 12 days or you're paying a hundred dollars i'm like motherfucker i can't have my car outside my house so they put the car in the driveway and uh, all this shit. And they, they just, uh, everything we do, they're, the, oh, when that crazy woman broke into our house and busted our window out, they tried to fine us for fixing the window without approval. They sent us a notice that, uh, yeah, the girl broke into our house with her bare fists, smashed the window open, and our house just had a hole in the front of it, and we fixed it. And the homeowners association said, "You owe us two hundred dollars for fixing this without getting our approval." And I'm like, "Suck on my ass," you know? They ain't gonna pay for your window, are they? No, they didn't have nothing to do with paying for the window. They wanted me to pay them so that I could pay for my window to be fixed. And all this—the thing that bothers me the most about all this—is there's a motherfucking neo-Nazi flag flying over a house down at the end of the street, and I'm not fucking joking on this shit. I saw this shit. It's like a white circle with a plus in it, and I was like, "That looks like a Nazi flag." 
And I looked it up, and it's the actual, like, it's like some Celtic cross shit, but if it has a white outline on it, it's what the it's what the Nazis, neo-Nazis use in Germany because they can't fly the actual swastika because it's illegal. That motherfucker's flying over a fucking Trump 2020 flag down the street from us, and I'm like, that's okay. They don't get fined. That's okay. But God, heaven forbid, you know, I leave my hose on the driveway and it's a hate crime. Is that what it is? Fuck off. I hate this neighborhood association crime. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck. I used to, I used to live in a neighborhood that had that. Yeah. And um, and I had my Christmas decorations out. Oh, I remember this. Um, I think you talked about this on the podcast at one point in time. Yeah, they they put a note in my mailbox. It's like it's it's tough for you to take down your Christmas decorations. It wasn't even January yet. <laughs> they were like, all Christmas decorations have to come down by January first. I was like, get wrecked. These come Christmas decorations come down on January first. That's when they come down. Yeah, fuck off. And why are you telling me this shit anyway? Just kiss my ass. I don't want to live anywhere they, else again that has a homeowners association. So. They were the people that forced Fleezy and Bruce inside. That what? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. They they forced your cats to come live inside because, yeah, yeah, because the neighbors were scared of my cats. <laughs> Soft ass. They neighbors. were scared. They were, yeah, the fucking cats would sit on somebody's on somebody's car in the driveway, and then my neighbors said they were too scared to try to move the cats. <laughs> Like, it's a twenty dollar. It's a twenty pound cat. I mean, I don't blame you a little bit, but I blame you a whole lot. Yeah, they didn't. Ha- Why they don't you come to me and talk they, to me about? They my didn't cat. own a newspaper, you know. Just hey, get off, cat. Hey, they didn't own. <laughs> they didn't own a stick or something. I they, they couldn't find a stick in their yard. Yeah. yeah, cats are fucking afraid of everything. Come on now, whatever. <laughs> Fuck a put a cucumber on the hood of the car. Yeah, there you go. Remember that. Uh, so yeah, my not the well, Hopeless yeah. Homeowners Association. So fuck them. You can they can kiss my whole ass. They kiss my whole asshole. Yeah. Fuck off, Nazis. That's no yeah. surprise that they support Nazi flags because they're fucking Nazis themselves. Fucking douche. Sounds like they're fascists. Yeah, oh. it's a fascist state. You know what you should do. You know what you should really do, and I hope that you do. What? You should get. You should. Get. Get a position on the neighborhood association. Oh yeah. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, I'm that guy that lives at the house that you sit outside all the time. Now I'm on the board, so uh kiss my whole ass. Yeah. Owen Owen out in, uh, over there in the UK, he is now an elected official for his little town. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah, he ran unopposed is, in a democratic election. Is he a like minister? he got voted in? Is he a minister or a commissioner or something? Is it like a commissioner? I can't remember the I can't remember the name of his title, but it's like one of these little town councils, you yeah. know. And he had his first meeting. He said it was just all potholes, you know, He's, stop signs. I just imagine like Owen that. wearing a, one of those white wigs that they wear in the court. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, he's got the wig. Barrister, barrister. Yeah, he doesn't have to wear it, but he thought he just showed up to work the first day with it with like, hey, he's got his judge outfit on. He's got a gavel. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. 
gavels are probably illegal, illegal over there. They don't allow weapons, you know, in the UK. So. <laughs> yeah, the gavel has to be under 70 grams <laughs> yeah, for it to be allowed. Yeah, definitely. That gavel's 80 grams, so yeah. you got to go home. Yeah, let's take that out of here. Gavel. That's that, that, you can only use that gavel for hunting. That's a, that's a gavel, so. You can only own that gavel if you have a farm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a farmer's gavel. It's uh that's not not allowed for you. You know, you gotta live in the country for that. We don't allow that in the city. I want to. I want to talk. I want to talk to these listeners about about uh, something from camp because okay. this is one of the coolest things that ever happened at, at the summer camp that Joey and I used to work at. It was called the Gold Rush, and if I remember correctly, it was started by Mike Landgraf and Boyd Haggerty. Yes, it was. Which happy birthday, Boyd Haggerty! It was his birthday this week. So, anyway, oh, keep going. Great. So, the I, I don't even know how to frame it. I I won't go too deep into the preparation for it. The preparation was a couple of days prior. Uh, whoever was in charge of the event would start spray painting gravel with gold they just get all sorts of gravel from all over camp and big rocks and little rocks and get a tarp up in some section of camp that the kids weren't allowed to go to and start spray painting gravel and i'll tell you what spray painting gravel is not easy no you want to get you gotta gotta flip that gravel a lot yeah you gotta get the coats on there you want it to look uh, real so you know the day of the, the the day of the gold rush some somebody from camp would dress up like an old prospector <laughs> and come running up the front lawn after breakfast. Everybody sitting out front on the front steps for the morning announcements, and some guys say, "There's gold in them hills." Yeah, this is the thing about this, and this is all because you talked about Owen wearing one of those wigs and yeah. being a judge. Like it all comes down to that, but. <laughs> <clears throat> and and I'm you know I'm sure Jake Grizzles Mike you're gonna email us and tell us what we forgot but um, at the end of the day after dinner okay the kids would be given the opportunity to go out and hunt for gold all over the camp property and what they needed to do was collect that gold and bring it back to the gymnasium and they would get that gold credited to their team. And there were basically two teams at camp. There's two different tribes, Scarlet and the Gray. And so this is a tribal competition to try and get your side of the camp to win a competition. But as you were out hunting for gold, (laughs) it became a lot of different uh, sets of, types of people trying to sabotage these campers yeah. from being able to bring the gold back. But in the beginning, it was just the bandits and the pirates. It was like a full contact Easter egg hunt. Oh, that's a better way to put it. You know? So it, so the counselors, we, they would be dressed up as bandits and they would be roaming the hills of this summer camp. And these little kids would be running with their little knapsacks full of gold and running back to the to the gym and if they got tagged they would have to you know either they would have to win a challenge against the bandit in order to keep their gold and some of the challenges were trivia questions some of the challenges were like do 10 push-ups and so on and so forth and at the end of the night and there were you know there were there were ninjas and there were pirates and the pirates were in the water and the pirates were a little bit different than the bandits you could go out to the water and the fire (laughs) 
the pirates if you if you completed a challenge, the pirates would throw gold at you. And I remember, if I remember correctly, that dude who's in the Instagram group. Oh, our super fan, that dude. Yeah, he, he threw a rock at some kid. It's a reward, and it knocked that kid right in the face. And the big old boulder thrown from a canoe and bloodied that kid's face up. Perhaps didn't think that through all the way. Uh, Luckily, things were a lot less uh, contentious back then as far as like suing people for uh, throwing rocks at children. Before, yeah, this is before torts were, you know, used in (laughs) summer camp. But we, so this is an all evening, you know, but down at the, uh, down at the, if I remember correctly, from time to time, you'd be DJing down at yeah. the gym, just like the music was Playing bumping, music, and like, like the kids that kids that got tired of going out and hunting for gold would just kind of hang out and listen to the tunes at the gym. Yeah, just dancing there in the gym, just sitting around. Yeah. So at the end of the night, <clears throat> there was a uh, a period of time where uh, a, an alarm would sound, and then all of a sudden. If you were a camper and you tagged a bandit, then you got to keep the gold that the bandit had on his body at the time. Yeah, that they had stolen from other people. So, yeah. Yeah, so if you didn't complete the challenge, then the bandit kept the gold. gold, You had to go back out and find more. So these bandits would be coming toward the gym to try to make it back to the gym without having to surrender their gold, and they'd get caught, and then the kid that caught them would bring them in to the gym. And the next phase of the night would happen, which was somebody was the judge standing on the stage in the gym wearing that big robe and that white um, One you know, the, powder keg wig. Powder, powdered wig, yeah. And hammering a gavel. And everybody, you know, every every bandit that get brought in front of the judge, it was like a, you know, a kangaroo court. Everybody's guilty, you know, and they would have to, they would get all sorts of nasty stuff put on them, like, syrup and kellogg's cornflakes yeah. or ketchup and mustard on their face and all that kind of so stuff and then the and so this went on for yeah. about half and yeah. half an hour of, of sentencing these counselors to you know uh various levels of disgustingness and um and then they get trotted on out to the uh the dock and kicked off the dock into the water yeah, the water the gangplank and yeah. I'm just thinking, I, w- I wonder if Owen was over the judge on that. And I, it would have sounded a lot better. I most vividly remember Tim, you know, big, big red Tim being the judge because he was there the first time we ever did that. And he was, of course, ridiculous because he's a ridiculous human being. Um, but Owen could have been the judge at some point in time. I'm not saying he wasn't. Well, he could. I, hopefully. I think I just think Owen needs to bring the gold rush to Tetbury, his little village <laughs> out there in yeah, Lancashire. The, the residents would like that. Maybe don't throw the the gold from the water to the you know to the residents. But. <laughs> Shit! Oh man, I remember seeing that kid all bloodied up, and just like so happy he had his gold, but also so upset that he was concussed, <laughs> just bleeding. I remember Landgraf. Um, I, the first year we did it, he dressed. He's a giant dude too. He's like six three or something and he he dressed as a leprechaun with like the later hosen and everything and it was so <laughs> over the top so that was the kids got hyped about that event you know the older kids would be like this is gonna be bullshit and then they'd be out there running their ass off too by the time it like you know was going so yeah it was a great event i think it was a cp original 
Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's cool, cool thing. Um, you got any hype still out? Yeah, real quick. There's this show called Startup that's on Netflix now. Have you watched it? I watched the first two acts of episode one. So I haven't watched it yet, but I just, I was like, my buddy Matt was like, hey man, uh, you should watch this show. Apparently it's been canceled. It was on Crackle or something and it's only three seasons, but Netflix brought it to, I assume Netflix bought it because it's about cryptocurrency and that's hot right now. Um, But anyway, Adam Brody from the OC is in it. I didn't realize that. And Martin Freeman is in it. And apparently later on, Mira Sorvino's in it. So there's like all these people that I'm like, you know, fans of that I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Um, so I'm, I'm now I'm excited to watch it, but that's my hype still out. Is I don't, you know, we'll see if I like it or not. But yeah, I am interested to see what you had to say about it. I was like, I was just, I saw it on the front page of Netflix and I was like, yeah. what? Adam Brody, I've been watching the show with him on it. Let me yeah. see what he, what? Martin Freeman. Okay. All right. Whatever. Let me watch this. And then I watched, yeah, I watched the first like three quarters of the episode. Then I was just like, I was ready to go to bed. So I just went, you know, I went yeah. to bed um, and I didn't come back to it yet, but that's because I don't really watch too much TV. And I think I'm, I think I might, I might follow up on it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Um, you know, when I need something to watch. Um, anyway, that's my hype still out. What's your hype still out? Vinyl Illuminati. <laughs> you just can't help but <laughs> kick me while I'm down. It's I I got more records coming. They're coming. Yeah. I got it, man. Yeah. I've been busy with I just you know, look, if if the shoe was on the other foot, you would take such joy. I know. I'm and glad that it brings week, you joy. You I'm know? glad that it brings you joy. I'm glad that my failure <laughs> brings you joy. That's what I'm glad about. Look, it's not your failures that you said, you know, look, I'm going to do this thing. And I was like, no, you're not. And you're like, yes, I am. A Watch me. Out. It's a cop out for you to choose that two weeks in a row. I'm just going to say it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure last week you said, oh, I got some new stuff queued up for you. Remember? I Come on out. I'm not, I wasn't ready for it to re- release it yet. So <clears throat> whatever. <laughs> I was, I was looking this week. I was like, he said, he said he's gonna bring some new albums out. And he never did, never trotted them albums out. And now I'm not going to. You got that saying the eagle face on. (laughs) (laughs) I got so smug when I thought about that today. I was like, wait a second, this motherfucker still ain't posted that vinyl Illuminati. I'm gonna post this shit on his ass. Fuck you. Good. Cop out. Good. What you been consuming? So a couple, two Don't moves. Don't try to put it on me. Two moves. Don't try to put that on me. Don't try to say <laughs> I copped out. Don't you dare. You don't get to do that. <laughs> hey, two movies uh, that I re- we revisited this week that are two of my favorites. Probably in my top twenty, maybe top ten. One was The Crow, which is let filmed. me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess the second one. What's the second one? We bought and see. No, I do love that movie, but um, <laughs> no, The Crow, um, which was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, here where I live, back in '94. Uh, okay. um, uh, speaking of one of the best comic book movies of all time, fun, fucking great movie. Um, dark and brooding and gothic. Great soundtrack with Nine Inch Nails and The Cure on it, and all this. You know, my life with a thrill kill cult and. Just, uh, oh, Henry Rollins on there and everything. And uh, we watched it. I hadn't watched it in years, but I got the Blu-ray. And uh, it holds up, man. It's so good. Um, 
just a great action movie, you know. And I love that it's the style that makes it. It's not necessarily like the greatest plot or anything, but the style it's just dripping with style. It's Alex Prius. And like it, you wouldn't know it was filmed in Wilmington. I guess it was all filmed on the soundstage here because it's all this gothic, you know, this this version of Detroit that's like a gothic nightmare. And um, you know, it's it's great, and uh, the cast is great. Uh, notably, Brandon Lee passed away filming it um, in a tragic accident. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it's just great. Um, and then we watched the uh, there's like a cursed cinema movie series um, on. Shutter, Jackie has a subscription to, and that's one of the entries is uh, that movie because a bunch of bad things happened on that movie. So we watched that and had a bunch of interviews with the people who made it, and that was kind of cool. Um, anyway, The Crow holds up good, great soundtrack. I've never seen it, but I've always like wanted to. But I, I was a bit of a well in my younger years, about ten to thirteen years old. I was a <laughs> Lee conspiracy theorist, and I thought that the Brandon Lee, the had curse, gotten murdered. The Lee family curse. Yeah, they talk about that on this uh, this cursed cinema thing um, a little bit, but because notably Bruce Lee died filming a f- movie, and they said that the Chinese mafia put a hit out on him and all this stuff. But um, yeah, uh, it's really tragic because I think Brandon Lee would have turned out to be some sort of action star. Um, it was probably his big break, and um, it's really sad. Uh, I read the original graphic novel. You know, like before the movie came out, I believe I have the, I have a copy that I've had forever, and uh, the graphic novel's great. And um, yeah, it's a movie that like a lot of people will uh, like, ironically, because it is very sincere and it's like it leans real hard into its. You could make fun of it, but it's if you just have fun with it and just roll with it, it's it's really awesome. Um, I mean, it's super violent and dark and whatever, but it's cool. The other movie, uh, The Karate Kid, original from 1984, right? Yeah, Jackie last night was like, I hadn't watched this. No, she wants to. Well, I mean, we're trying to get to Cobra Kai, so the round of Cobra Kai, trying to get to it. Um, but I hadn't watched it in a long time, and the whole time I was just smiling. Like that movie is just perfect. It makes me happy. There's nothing in the movie that makes me go, "Oh, that didn't hold up that well. That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense." It's like the whole movie is um is just like the that first scene where Daniel meets Mr. Miyagi and it's like this I don't know it's like a light comes on in both their eyes and you're like man that's one of those scenes that would like play in one of the montages on the Oscars you know like you know when they do the thing about how we love movies that would be like one of the scenes where you just see the two of them kind of turn and look at each other and are like you know and it's just such a great movie I don't know. Overall, just awesome. All the characters are great in it. And uh, one of the greatest moms in movie history, I think. Daniel's mom in that. And um, I don't know. Just it made me happy, legitimately happy watching it. And, you know, I was a. Jackie was like, I had such a crush on on, uh, uh, Ralph Macchio when I was a kid. And I was like, I wanted to be Ralph Macchio when I was a kid. So, you know, that movie came out when I was, you know, 11 or 12 something like that 10 maybe 11 and i was super into karate and stuff at the time and it was you know i watched that movie over and over and over again i saw it in the theater and anyway i mean it's just still a great movie I don't yeah know. i'm looking forward to watching cobra kai because i'm you know i'm excited to carry that nostalgia on um and well i i do encourage you to watch two and three 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've already I've seen I've not seen the only ones I haven't seen is that remake, which I don't want to watch, and uh, I haven't seen the Hillary Swank one um, before. The next Karate Kid. Yeah, but well, I've seen two. I, and I think three I think watching two and three before you start Cobra Kai yeah. is going to be good because there's some later on in the seasons Cobra Kai. There's some more Easter eggs. Tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like two a lot, and I didn't like three that much when I watched it the first time. But um, you know, whatever, we'll watch it again. Yeah, it's e- it's easy not to enjoy, but if you just enjoy Terry Silver, yeah, uh, who is the newest introduction, like the newest character in that movie, like yeah. he is. I don't know anybody that enjoyed their job better than the guy that played Terry Silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to watching it again. You know. <laughs> That's where you get Karate's Bad Boy too. Yeah, and, and three. Yeah, I think I think two is two is cool because they go to Okinawa and you can't. I mean, it's a it's a sequel, but it's a whole new story, yeah. right? And the reason I think three doesn't enjoy the same kind of reputation as one or two is because we've gone back to the valley in see in movie three, and and so it's kind of like oh, there's not really a lot new about this, but there is. It's kind of just yeah. forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll watch it again, and then I'm I'm excited to get into Cobra Kai. And everybody, everybody, and their brother. Every about three times a week, somebody's like, "Do you watch Cobra Kai yet?" And I'm like, "No." Like, I I am I am happy to save that. I'm gonna be happy that I have all that Cobra Kai to watch when I get to it. You know, I think. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so. you're not wrong. Speaking of uh, hype, still out. I got an email today that season three of Master of None just hit Netflix. Oh, you see, I never thought that would happen. I never thought it would come out. He, you know, it, apparently the, the in the email it just focuses on his friend Danielle and her wife. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I, you know, I mean, I I wonder if it'll be. I wonder how it'll be. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I mean, he he takes a lot of chances with the storytelling in two, the second one. So it's like, yeah, I'll go with, I'll, I'll watch whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, anyway, ready, that's my consuming. So what's your what's going on with you? I went and watched episode one of Invincible. Oh, how? What was your take? I will. I will probably watch episode two. Mm-hmm. I'm not thrilled about watching a cartoon, but I think that you were right that like everybody and their mother is in this show and that's keeping me going. And yeah, you said watch all the way to the end. And if the end grabs you, then, and the end was like, oh my goodness, wow, this is. Also, it was like really uh, graphically violent for a cartoon. I didn't expect it to get like, I felt like all the fight scenes at the beginning of the episode were very cartoony. And then at the very end, it was like, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm having a hard time watching this. Am I like, yeah, you know, and it, like gets, not... it gets 20 times more violent, if you can believe that. Um, it gets to the point where I'm like, oh, I feel queasy. Um yeah, yeah. But it, I think that's the point of that first episode is it's supposed to make you think it's some sweet Justice League story of like a run of the mill and then they twist the you know, they twist it on you. And um Yeah, the it's violent cuz it's Kirkman, you know, who did Walking Dead. So, 
It's, yeah, uh, I mean, look, I signed up for Amazon Prime 30-day free trial in order to watch this show. So I'll probably keep it up. Um, I thought it was I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, it's it's not my bag. I don't really seek out new superhero stories anymore, and I definitely don't seek out animation, but the storytelling was good enough. The performances, the vocal performances of all the actors was really good. How about the 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 if you remember back to the first episode, the very beginning of the first episode was these two police officers talking in front of the White House. Yeah. One of those is um, John Hamm. Uh, I didn't realize that was John Hamm. Yeah, yeah I knew he was, was in it. Hamm, I... Yeah, because a lot of people thought he was uh, J.K. Simmons' character. They got confused or something, and they had told me that. More than one person said that, and yeah, he, it is. Uh, I knew he was in it, but I didn't realize that was him. He's in it for like, what, two and a half minutes? Yeah, and you can keep pausing the Amazon, and it brings up whoever's in the scene. So, um, yeah, you'll well, do that's that. How I knew, if you keep I, watching, I remember you doing that. Yeah, if you keep watching it, you'll keep doing that. I will say it's like, uh, it does get to a point where it drags a little bit in the middle. And there was a point where I was like, yeah, all right. I'm, I kind of see what, but then the last two episodes are just fucking crazy. Like, it, it's the last two episodes I was like, holy shit, I want to see what's next. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's only eight episodes. It's not, not too difficult to watch, but I will warn you, it does drag a little bit. So if you get stuck there and don't want to keep going, I understand, but it, it pays off in the end, I think. So, well, the other thing I, I'd say I've been consuming is like, and I knew this was coming. There was some articles written about this maybe three, four years ago, how musicians are kind of like letting go of the idea of the album and just releasing singles on Spotify and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've been building out my summer 2021 playlist and it's full of singles from different bands that I really enjoy. And I've just been, I don't, I don't particularly like it. I'd rather listen to a whole album from a musician that I like. I'd rather them just like give me at least like eight songs to listen to. I don't need 20, but um, yeah. there's been some really good singles coming out lately. Some of them are singles attached to albums that we'll be following, but some of them are just singles. One that stands out that I, I think that I didn't think it was grabby to me when I first listened to it and I can't but I can't stop going back to it and that's a song called Sunny by Acoustic Syndicate it's this really like um, pedestrian pleasant song that's talking about spring as a metaphor like like the what a big daddy the lead singer is like talking about this friend that's that's back now and he's talking about the sun it's like this the whole song is about his friend the sun who's coming back in the spring and whatnot and it's just really nice to listen to that song as i'm like commuting to work because it's about the same amount of time it takes to get to work it's like this one song yeah and on a couple of those standouts um phosphorescent has a bbc radio performance that's going to be coming out as an ep and he just released Song for Zula as a single from that upcoming EP. And it's a great rendition of that song. It's just him and a piano. Um, cool. Anderson East has a new single out. Dawes has a new single out. Uh, and uh, there's one, oh, Leon Bridges' Motorbike, mm. which the music video is directed by Anderson Pack. And it's not my favorite song, but it's cool to see Leon Bridges' 
like making more music. Like I'm always here for that. So there's a lot of new music. I'm gonna be. I'd say I'm probably two or three more weeks out from finalizing my summer 2021 playlists and like publishing it publicly. I mean, it's technically if you go to my Spotify and and look for playlists, like you can see it now. But I've been listening to it pretty regularly and I enjoy it. I've got some old stuff in there and some new stuff. I got that new Modest Mouse single, which is kind of like worn thin for me already. Yeah, it's Um, all right. I think I like it because uh, it's not that the last garbage they put out. <laughs> so it's like anything that was a little bit better than that. I'd be like, Oh, thank you. Um, but it's, it's fine. It's just nothing special, but we'll see how the rest of the album yeah. is. But I hear that, uh, your, your, your favorite dashboard confessionals got a new, uh, song out. I know you yeah. Is it, what does it have to do about, is it, are they screaming? Are they talking about epidemiology? Your hair is everywhere. Yeah. No, I don't know that band at all. I I love Dashboard, but I'm into emo. So. Good for you. My favorite comic book artist did the video for that song. David Mack. He does the um, opening credits for like Jessica Jones and Daredevil and stuff. Anyway. Okay. Well, I tell you what. If you're not listening to the OC, if you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the OC, bitch. This is the OC season two, episode five, entitled "The Snow Sea." <laughs> Creatively, the Snow Sea. the uh, The whole episode revolves around the winter dance, which we didn't really have in season one. But I guess that maybe you have to be a certain age at school to be able to go to it or something. Um, but thank you for noting that. It's the Snow Sea because they don't quote Marissa. They don't have snow in the OC, so they have to make their own. It's like a winter, a winter themed dance. Um, that I guess presumably occurs when all the other high schools have their winter dances. Um, but most of the episode involves people trying to get a date to the snow sea or having a, the wrong date to the snow sea or showing up to the snow sea uninvited or saying they weren't going to go to the snow sea and then showing up. Uh, I, I had in my notes that this, this episode should have been called uh, The Everyone is Unhappy. Because everybody is just unhappy the whole episode long, you know? Um, yeah. We famously are like, we're trying to like, the you know, we, we're we playing into this trope that Marissa and Summer and Ryan and Seth are not, not getting back together. So everyone's kind of trying to couple up with these new pe- characters, Zach and Lindsay um, and uh, what's uh, Olivia Wilde's character? Um. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. And these characters, and so it's it's kind of like uh, romantic comedy hijinks where one person turns another person down for the date to the dance, but oh no, Marissa and Ryan are going to the dance now, but only as friends, but now Lindsay friends. sees that they're going to the dance together, and she's upset, and then she says no, and they're, they're, everyone's saying, no, I don't want to be involved in a relationship, but then everybody's fighting over who's going to be in a relationship and who's not. And, uh, that's kind of the main, I'm not going to go into too much detail of the recap of that. Um, the other side plot is Sandy still trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with Caleb. And, uh, you know, this, this mystery woman that he has, has been paying off for all these years. Kirsten doesn't really have anything to do this episode. Um, and then we have a strange little side plot of Julie and uh, 
Julie and, and Jimmy maybe getting back together. Huh? Um, I feel like that is a product of they don't know what to do with Jimmy. They've got Tate Donovan. He's a cast member. He's a good character, but they just don't have anything for him to do anymore. I think that he, I think he lost out as an actor when uh, the the actress that played what was his love interest, um, Hillary. Who was it? Hillary Holly? Haley. It was Haley. When Haley, Haley when Haley's character left the show, which I guess she probably got a different job, like acting job. I feel like that was well. Uh, yeah, she started stripping down in LA. <laughs> yeah, right. That's no. That's what happened on the show. Um, no, but I feel like they kind of like were like, oh well, shit. We don't have anything for Tate Donovan to do now. Like all the stuff we were gonna do with her, she's not here to do it anymore. So anyway, that's the whole side thing. Um, I have a bunch of notes though. Um, but anyway, let's let's just get into the episode. Did I need to cover any more of this? Honestly, I don't, you know, it's funny. I, just like it, on meta level, the first half of the episode, I was like, there's really not a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, me too. And then like, and then I wrote near the end of it. This episode won't end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the second half of the episode is like a lot was going on, but I was like, I kept thinking each scene, I felt like the episode ended like three times. Yeah, this was the most like generically soap opera episode in maybe the whole show. It's like everyone's trying to date everyone and not dating everyone and breaking up and oh god and there's this there's a reveal of someone's character being someone else's daughter and all this stuff and um but well, I, we can talk about that now. Did yeah. you remember that Lindsay was Caleb's daughter? I didn't. I didn't. I knew coming up, I was like, I wonder who that's going to be, who his kid is going to be. And I don't know why I didn't put it together. But, um, yeah, it, it got me. But then I immediately remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, that is what happened. Um, that's yeah. the big reveal in the end. Um, I feel like we've been treading water and spinning our wheels on this whole getting the Scooby-Doo gang back together again thing. And we're kind of running out of steam on that. Whereas season one, by this point, something like world changing was happening in, you know, there's like, there's groups of five episodes and each five episodes, something world changing happens. And we don't have anything super world changing here other than the Lindsay reveal. You know, it's not like we have the Oliver thing or something like that. You know, it's just kind of like generic like I said, spinning the wheels of like, oh, we're going to get these characters back together. But once we get them back together, they kind of got to be together. And we know that's kind of like jumping the shark in a lot of shows, but we've already done it once. So it's like, well, but I, we can't go back to that well a third time. So we got to spread it out a little bit. Um, So I'm ready for some, something crazy to happen, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that for most people, the first time through watching the reveal of Lindsay as Caleb's daughter, this is a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah, it is. But you know, yeah, it it just wasn't the the lead up to that wasn't as much of a main plot line as it the other big scary things that have happened in the show in the past. You know, so it's kind of a side. Yeah, well, thing, season so. one was about four seasons worth of story. True. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go through some of my notes and then you can just yeah. you can chime in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, for starters, why why is this landscaper trying to go to a high school dance? Well, 
I had the question, are we to believe that DJ, is his name DJ? DJ, yeah. DJ is actually a high school student? Not at their high school, but is he high school age, actually, and they just decided to cast a 40-year-old? No, he's not. He, he can't be high school age because he's working during school hours. Well, uh, ha-ha, Olivia Wilde works during school hours. Yeah, she does, but she already said she got her GED and, and ran away. Yeah, well, maybe he got his GED and ran away. Maybe he I did, but it, it does it does it reek of like, sad. hey man, you can't go to high school like that. That's creepy. You can't go to a high school dance. That's true. It's like a like also yeah. like why would you want to? I that whole this whole relationship between them seems really forced, and I'm like, ugh, like this is it, at worst it's boring. At 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 best it's boring. At worst it's gross. Um, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I had the same feeling about it. I'll tell you this. I am here, and I and I think it could still happen, and I'd like for it to still happen. I want the OC Universe Sandy Cohen Law Show spinoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Sandy does some uh, unethical shit in this episode. Like, it's very non-Sandy yeah, I mean, like, not only, tactics. It's not just... I have later on, I have detective Cohen. Yeah. I mean, he's really, he's really gotten to the bottom of some things here. Yeah. Detective Cohen on the case. Um, but I'm, I mean, like I need to come back and be real serious. I would watch, uh, an hour long procedural about the kind of like suits Yeah, where Sandy Cohen is the head of his own law firm and Ryan Atwood is the detective and Seth just comes in and out. You know, he's turned into some sort of it playboy. I don't even know. You know, let's bring these people back. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's part of what he's, uh, that's part of what Adam Brody's doing on, on that new show. I I don't even remember the name of it. Startup. Startup. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Ryan carrying a penguin. <laughs> that was pretty and funny he, scene. He thought that was kind of funny. It was cute. Um, that they were wrestling this huge penguin and he's like chasing Marissa with the penguin. Um, yeah. Cause it is a ridiculously oversized penguin. It's a novelty sized penguin. It is a novelty. And yeah. apparently it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they I usually that. have some notes on marissa's outfits yeah um but this this time i wanted to say summer has a great skirt on in the scene that she's discussing girls with seth this yeah. white linen skirt yeah i agree thought it was just a really really great good, good like look. piece of you know it's just a yeah it's, it wasn't it, i'm not speaking about like uh it's just classy classically and it looked yeah. comfortable mm-hmm. yeah yeah timeless um we've got a little bit of west wing uh nugget here uh the Lindsay's mom is plays a character a recurring character in the west wing she's yeah. toby ziegler the speechwriter's wife in, in the west wing yeah so as soon i had forgotten that was her and so as soon as i saw her i go oh my god it's toby ziegler's wife <laughs> yeah yeah i think my biggest frustration with this episode was that in three different scenes throughout the episode we see Sandy Cohen trying to get a hold of Caleb via telephone. Yeah. But he knows where Caleb lives and he knows where Caleb works. So just like go there. Yeah. And then, and then Caleb shows up at his house and he's like, I wanted you to call me, not show up. It's like, well, just fucking talk to him. 
Like, yeah, you've been I mean, trying to you get a hold what, of them. Two miles from each other. Yeah. I had this real quick on that same thought. Who lives next to the Coens now? Why? I, you know, I'm so really surprised they didn't have some shocking reveal of someone moving in next to the Coens because you know Marissa that and Julie, Julie and Marissa used to live next to the Coens. You know, so they they don't anymore. They live in yeah, the, the been, mansion. It would have been great if Zach, if Zach's family had moved in there. Because where did Zach yeah. come from? Yeah, where did Zach come from? Like he's almost as mysterious as Lindsay as far as showing up at the school. Um. Um, the production value on a high school dance <laughs> <laughs> high production value but I mean it is you know Harbor School so. well, well also one of the things and, and you know look I don't need to go all woke you know public resources private resources thing on you but we've got this high school dance that had to cost several thousand dollars yeah. right I mean it was yeah. an incredibly produced high school dance and all the tickets go to charity. Now, every high school, every school dance that I ever went to, middle school all the way through high school, was always a fundraiser for the school itself. Yeah. And this is like the Harbor School is so well capitalized as a private institution that their dances are not fundraisers for the schools themselves. Yeah, I'd be asking for that tuition to get lowered. Be like, well, y'all got all this money. <laughs> y'all need all that money then if you're raising money for charity. Yeah. Zach just cruising, listening to the high school radio station. Doing Zach's that, just out for a drive. Zach doing the, you know, doing the parallel. He's Bizarro Luke. You know, Luke, oh God. Luke loved to cruise that, you know, Luke would be sipping on a beer, but Luke loved to cruise that stretch of road <laughs> there, you know, just like. <clears throat> Zach, I think he was driving a BMW X5. I think he's driving one of the early BMW SUVs there, just pulling that Yui on the side of the fucking coastal highway and just very dramatic. Who's, who's doing who's doing the live stream, the live radio show from the high school <laughs> from dance? High school like dance, what yeah. is there's a they have a yeah, they have a a radio DJ that's I guess a student that's reporting live from the high school dance and uh also, the sound effects were just over the top when he does that U-turn. Everybody's like, like they're trying to slam on their brakes to keep from hitting him, but there's no cars. But there's like one car behind him, but there's all this noise yeah. of like swerving out of the way and stuff. It's like he just did a U-turn. It's like we, we're a little dramatic with that, you know. We get it. Yeah, I mean, going to, 45 and then slowing down to a 12 miles an hour to do a U-turn is crazy, bro. Out here in these hills, it's like so. Zach goes to the dance and sees Seth and Summer uh, and then leaves the dance and then comes back to the dance. Like This whole episode is like people showing up at the ho most horrible time, horrible timing, you know, not getting the wrong idea because they see something that's not what it seems. Um, I mean, luckily he's not Ryan Atwood because Ryan Atwood would see somebody and then just leave and never come back. Yeah. Or he would have just thrown the punch in the first time he saw it. That's true. You know what I mean? That's so, true. I was like, I did like, uh, well, uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get yeah, to keep, it. Keep going. Um, well, he got, I mean, when he went to, uh, <laughs> he went to the bait shop and nobody was at the bait shop. Cause I didn't really believe you earlier when you were talking about the bait shop being a, a, a quote unquote bar club for underage people. Yeah. It's, and it's a non how would that be a, a, a viable business model? Yeah. And, and I was like, I think Joey got it wrong. I think it's a normal bar 
And they just have concerts where these kids are able to come. But the truth is, he walks in, nobody's at this bar. No, and because it, it's not a bar, it's non-alcoholic. It's an underage club. It's a you know, it's a high school age club. And that kid orders a yoo-hoo. He orders a yoo-hoo, and she doesn't immediately mock him for it. I'm like, he's like, what? She calls it a chocolate soda. She, he says, yoo-hoo, please, one yoo-hoo, please, and. <laughs> And it, when she opens, she's like, okay, I'll give you the yoo-hoo. And then she opens it up, and on the bottle it says Chaco. So they referred to it as its actual name, but they couldn't. I guess the yoo people were like, you can use the name, but don't use the label. It just says Chaco Soda on it or something. Yeah, and then she calls it a chocolate soda. Who calls a yoo a chocolate soda? Strange. I mean, and then, but the funny line from that was like, well, you should go fight for, and he's like, well, I'm not really a fighter. It's just the broad shoulders. They make me look bigger than I really am. (laughs) There is some good writing in this episode. Um, There's some little quips um, throughout the whole thing. that are pretty good. I did not love Marissa's snow sea dress. I thought it was too busy. Yeah, I thought so too. But everybody's like, oh my God, how gorgeous she looks in it. Uh. Um, Luke just being woke as hell talking to Marissa when they see DJ pull up to the parking lot. He says, Not she's, Luke, you know, Ryan. she says, well, yeah. high school, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ryan, uh, high school dances aren't really his thing. And he said, did he decide that or did you like, Oh, burn. Whew. burn. Yeah. How mature. You're embarrassed by him. Also, it shouldn't be his thing because he is way too old to have high school dances be his thing. Um, Luke and Leia were brother and sister. Yeah, well, may the force be with you. <laughs> that was a great line. That Zach gets to, to clap back and say, "Yeah, well, may the force be with you." I've noted that I feel like if this if this show was going on now, there'd be a lot more Star Wars references. I think Star Wars wasn't as much of a. Uh, I don't know if why. I mean, this is after the prequels, but they don't really refer to Star Wars much in the show. A little bit here and there. It's mostly comic book references, you know. But. Yeah, well, it's because it was after the prequels, but before The Force Awakens. Yeah, it was like after Star Wars had died the first time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's Zach, Zach says, you guys are just one of those couples, whether you're together or not. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I have poor Zach here at the expl- exclamation point um, at this moment. But yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he ain't done nothing wrong. No. I'm going to go jump off that pier. I'm just going to go jump off that pier. <laughs> he does keep coming back to the same well again. And I'm like, dude, just fucking ditch her ass then. Well, I mean, I don't know. You saw her in that dress. Yeah, true. She's and she's, hey, she's charming. I don't know. Try to slow dance with Summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freudian slippers. <laughs> I wrote that down as a note. I was like, okay, I'm with it. I'm on, I'm in I'm, yeah. in I'm in for Freudian. Lindsay hasn't been she hasn't been the most endearing character, but that little moment was yeah, really was cute. Really nice. Freudian slippers. Yeah. Then I knew I you know I it's funny that you've turned sour on the uh, Jimmy and Julie moments, uh, lobster roll moments, but that uh, her talking about that's our gardener when somebody saw DJ dance with Marissa and then and then Jimmy and Julie are talking. She says, Wait, am I the gardener in this scenario? That I I didn't sour on it. I love their I, they still have the greatest like banter between the two of them so far this season. Yeah, and he goes she she goes on to say, uh, 
he goes it's at some point jimmy says you're still beautiful and we both know that you were never nice because she says that i was much nicer and beautiful then and she's like you're still beautiful and we both know that you were never nice that's a great line and and then zach punches cohen you know and then summer comes to zach and olivia wilde comes to seth and then as they're leaving as summer and zach are leaving zach goes sorry cohen yeah, and this this is this whole it's like a whole episode of like slapstick comedy, you know? It's like oh, I hit him and I didn't mean to, and oh, my hand slipped, and oh, you know, it's like it's just like this. There's this like wackiness to it, I think. This or it's supposed to be wacky or something, but it doesn't quite yeah. nail it. Um, I don't know. I tell you what is nailed is that little purple streak in Olivia Wilde's hair. That's new. <laughs> yeah. Well, she had some color in there. She before, got new right? hair every yeah. episode. Yeah. She's got color. She got different color in her hair every episode. She got a new quaff every episode. I mean, Olivia Wilde's hair is doing more work than you know Kirsten in this yeah, episode. That's true. That's true. Yeah, her hair has more to do than Kirsten does. So I guess we're going to find out about the fallout about Caleb's illegitimate daughter in the next episode. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. Like, uh, Kirsten doesn't know it's going to destroy the family, all this stuff. We'll see. Um, I had a couple... Do you Ryan's going to be dating... What? Ryan's going to become uh, Seth's uncle. There's going to be a joke about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they like to make that joke. Um, yeah, right. I had a couple more notes. Uh, <laughs> some quotes. I can't even be the third wheel to an actual relationship. Um, Seth says that at one oh, point. Um, yeah. And they're like, uh, aren't people, don't, aren't people invited to this party? And then uh, Ryan says, not the Seth Cohen pity party. Um, <laughs> then Sandy said, aren't you going to be late to the party? And Ryan says, yeah. not the Seth Cohen pity party. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, why is that ninja smoking a cigarette? Um, that was when uh, the, they're trying to get the Sandy and, and Kirsten are trying to make Seth uncomfortable so he will leave the house and go to the party. Because um, he's yeah, the, the actress that plays Kirsten called her agent after this episode and was like, I need more lines in this episode, yeah, otherwise, I'm walking, yeah, for sure. She doesn't really get anything to do. I have penguin written now, and she says, Penguin, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan's Prince Charming now. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Julie says. Yeah, Julie that. loves Ryan now. Yeah. Um, I, who lives next door to the Coens now? I have, the, I have Caleb Dirty Mackin. Caleb Dirty Mackin is one of my notes. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Uh, oh, one last thing. It, Seth is is really kind of toxic in this episode. He's very sexist and like, oh, women are crazy, aren't they? And he, he's very incel-y in a way that he, his character's never really been portrayed that way before. It could have been, but that was one of the strengths of the show is he never was like an incel, like, oh, everybody, all the women are weird and don't like me and crazy. And he says yeah. a lot of like kind of shitty things this episode. It doesn't make him look good as a character, you know? Um. Even Ryan's trying to walk him back from the brink. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the point. This is just like, we're just trying to see him like have sort of 
rock bottom or something, I guess, something like yeah, that. But, yeah. but like his yeah. character, the strength of his character is he's never delved into being a straight up incel, like whiny little crybaby. He's gotten close a couple times, but not to this point, you know? But what, you know he's a nice guy without being a nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's treading dangerously close to the quote unquote nice guy. Now I'm a nice guy. Um, yeah. Did you want some, uh, music, stuff from this episode yeah i will say that during this the only song that i recognized was a background song that i wonder if they had to even pay money for it because it was almost indecipherable it was while they were at the dance it was lay lady lay by bob dylan that that is one of my favorite covers of all time is that specific version that was in that episode i was going to bring it up to you because it is Lay Lady Lay, which is I'm not a big Bob Dylan fan, but Lay Lady Lay is one of my favorite songs um, by him. Joey, we have never we have never agreed more. What I, I do not like Bob Dylan. Yeah, I, I think he's completely overrated. Like, and I get shit for but it all the time. I love that song. I love I, that song. I the like three. It's like it for me. It's like with the Grateful Dead. The three songs I like really like them a lot. Mm-hmm. The rest is just like mm-hmm. all right, whatever. Um, Mm-hmm. And that version of Lay Lady Lay is uh, by a band called Magnet and uh, featuring this uh, English singer, Gemma Hayes. And it's a great Yeah, let's cover. see. Let's see whether or not we still agree. What are the other two Bob Dylan songs that you would put up there that you say you like? Uh, Don't Think Twice. It's all right. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of another Bob Dylan song. Out of what's yours? The Hurricane. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably it. You know, uh, there's so many that I just. Ugh. I mean, I like all on the Watchtower, but I don't consider that his song. <laughs> you know, he wrote that, but that well, yeah, it's like, that would have been my other song was all yeah. on the Watchtower, Lay Lady Lay in the Hurricane, and like I t- I'm fine with you saying that's not a Bob Dylan song anymore because it's it's not. It's but but if you say that's not a Bob Dylan song anymore, then you have to say that Hurt isn't a Nine Inch Nails song anymore. Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um yeah that, don't think twice it's all right is a great song um uh, you probably don't reckon you probably you probably don't even know that one it's probably just under your radar but no not really. also i don't like his no. version of it i like other people's versions of that song uh, but that lay 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 cover is really good and you should go listen to it separately from this because it's a it's a nice rendition of that song um and uh, I forgot. I I I I've always loved that cover, and I guess I got it from the OC. You know, like I'm guessing there's so many songs that I'm like, oh shit, I found that song because of the OC. You know, um, mm. other songs in this. We have our first appearance, I think, on the show by a song from uh, Imogen Heap. She has some important songs throughout the 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 show, um, but it's Good Night and Go. Um, which sounds more like her old stuff from Fru Fru, which was her first group. Um, it's more like electronic. I didn't know that that was, I didn't know that Fru Fru or Frau Frau was Imogen Heat. You didn't know that? Yeah, it wasn't just her. Oh. It's, it's like, uh, I mean, she was a member of that group. Um, it's Frau Frau, I guess. I don't know. I always thought it was Fru Fru, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, that was where she got her start. Uh, this uh, Good Night and Go song by her is, I think, the last song in the episode. Um, it's very light in the background. There's a Phoenix song in this, Run, 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 um, that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, there's Cool by Gwen Stefani. It's a recognizable song. That's when Gwen Stefani had that solo album that was so popular, I think was right about this time. 
um, the song Closer by Dirty Vegas. Um, there's a Feist song, Let It Die. Remember Feist? Who's uh, yeah. famous for the Apple, the iPod commercial or whatever. Um, let's see. There's some other songs here. And then, yeah, that Lay Lady Lay um, cover by Magnet Feature, Gemma Hayes. So that's that's the big music from this episode. But. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I mean, here we are. We've set up the next couple episodes. You know, it's going to be the fallout with Caleb. It's going to be, you know, Zach and and Summer really trying to make a go for it. And Ryan, you know, just poor guy can't seem to catch a break when it comes to girls. He just keeps, you know, through no fault of his own. This there's going to be drama. Um, I'm looking forward to the journey over the next couple episodes for sure. I think it'd be good soap opera stuff i, I think yeah. we'll have some good writing ahead of us um but this was a lot of you know for me the first you know half the episode first two thirds was just setting up the dominoes and um but i feel like the past like yeah, three episodes so, have been like that you know i feel like it's been set up set up set up set up set up and i'm like okay i'm ready for something to happen now so yeah. this was mediocre but i do think we're leading into an arc you know um yeah, well, I think maybe maybe the the you know the show writers were like, well, we blew through so much in season one that we really didn't have enough. Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta pace ourselves a little bit more. Probably, we can flesh these yeah. stories out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I I had this thought today. Do you think that Ryan as a character actually likes Marissa? <laughs> Because there's supposed to be this like you know they're they're destined to be with each other kind of thing like there's this overarching like truly they're the ones that love each other but then it just feels like they don't really like each other in a lot of times or not not dislike each other just, just kind of like medium on each other you know I can't tell if <laughs> how much of this how much of this being Seth and Summer. That we're more interested in Seth and Summer because they're just better actors. Yeah, that might be it. Like, that might be a huge part of it. I mean, you did have that nice moment in this one where they're ch- he's chasing uh, Ryan's chasing Marissa with the penguin, and it's funny. And you're like, okay, these are the, this is why we like these characters and why we like them together. But in general, I'm kind of like, I don't want them to be together. Like, I'd go, both of you go see other people that are better fit for you. You know? Um, yeah, but we're also like. <laughs> We're also watching this at a totally different point in yeah, our life than sure. yeah. when the target audience was watching it. Yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, high school versions of anyone is going to look at these two beautiful people and just like want these beautiful people to be together. And the world is getting in the way of their love and that kind of stuff. And you're not really examining whether or not they actually are compatible or yeah. like each other, whatever. Yeah. But going back and watching it now, it's like, Adam Brody and Rachel Bilson are just more engaging on screen. They're just more fun to watch. And they're because they're funnier, right? Like Ryan and Marissa, neither one of them are funny on their own. Like you cannot, I don't want to hang out with them alone. Um, Well, Ben McKenzie has his best moments when other actors lift him up and give him like take, he needs, he needs to riff off of somebody until like he, he rises to the occasion when he's with a better actor a lot of times, but with Marissa, it's just kind of like, she's just flat all the time. You know, it's just like not much going on with her performance ever. Um, and so it's like, I don't fault him 
fully for that. He's, he is not the strongest actor on the show, but he, he ain't got much to work with in the scenes with her, you know? No, you're right. You're I hate right. the shit on her over and over again, but it's like, it really is kind of the, the weak link. I, it's so funny that Lindsay in the episode said that you were dating the most intimidatingly beautiful high school girl ever. I'm like, nah, he was dating Marissa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. But I think that's how the, they want us to see her as that, you know, like she's supposed to be this charming, beautiful life of the party. And she just, her performance is just not that at all. You know, it's like, is that what? But also, like we ain't, we ain't holding up Kate Moss anymore. No, that's true. It is from a time when this like kind of uh, sickly looking, per, you know, physicality was like celebrated in in kind of this dark, gross way. You know, yeah, unfair yeah. way. I guess. Way to put it. Um, yeah. Well, now that you know, y'all have been educated on you know body image. Speaking uh, of incels, we're gonna. We're, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to work. All right, we out. See you next time. Have a good night.